0: Just about everybody these days has an email filter and those filters are very good at picking up spam, cold emails, and they filter those out and delete them so that often the reader never even sees it. So even technology is working to make it harder for marketers like you to get through to your customers. Welcome to the Get Real About Business podcast where we uncover the real deal about automation, getting leads, retargeting, and sales funnels. You know, the stuff that'll actually make you money and doesn't empty your wallet. Get valuable, actionable information from me and other experts in the online marketing space, which will boost your business beyond its current boundaries. Prepare for some hot tips today. I'll be your host, Clive Maloney. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Get Real About Business podcast. I'm Clive Maloney, and this is episode 12. And today we're talking about inbound marketing, or content marketing if you like. You know what I mean. It's that problem-solving blog post, your free downloads, your eBooks, how-to videos, unboxing a product, all kinds of things. It's the valuable information you provide people in order to connect with them and hopefully lead them through to a sale. Today's episode is really about giving you the big picture On what inbound marketing is, why you should be using it, perhaps why you shouldn't be using it, where it fits with your overall marketing strategies, and how you can go about it. Of course, this is a big topic, so I'm not planning to cover everything in detail. I'll share more with you in future episodes. But today is really about giving you enough to start with your inbound marketing, or if you're already doing it, looking at what you can do to improve the results you're already getting. If you've been following the podcast up to now, thank you. Really appreciate that. And as you know, one thing I like to do is to give you a freebie. These freebies are a way of me plus one-ing what we do together. So what I've done is put together some crib notes for you, as well as some fill-in-the-blank templates that you can use to put together your inbound marketing strategy. So I'm calling it my Inbound Marketing Blueprint. And if you want to get a copy of that, all you need to do is to head to my show notes page, which is getrealaboutbusiness.com forward slash 12. You can go there and you can download that blueprint and that should help you put the information that you hear today into action. So if you want, you can go and pop on there now or get that right now, or I'll remind you again at the end of today's episode. Probably a good place for us to start today is to think about what the heck inbound marketing is and why you should care about it. Now, as I said, Inbound marketing does include things like blogging, and ebooks, white papers, and videos and things like that. It involves content that you create that's going to be useful to your audience, to the people that you want to work with and and make a difference in their lives. But it's not just content for the sake of content. It's content with a purpose. Inbound marketing sits at the very centre of modern marketing practices these days. If we think about traditional marketing. It is a complete step away from traditional marketing strategies. And I first came across the concept of inbound marketing, although I didn't know it was called inbound marketing at the time. But I came across it reading Seth Godin's book, Permission Marketing, Turning Strangers into Friends. It's an excellent book. So if you think about traditional marketing, what do you think of? You probably think about radio ads, TV ads, cold calling, um, knocking on someone's door and you know, going door to door. Those are traditional marketing strategies. And they work. They still work. But they just don't work so well. And it's easy to see why it doesn't work so well these days. Because traditional marketing is interruption based. Let's say you're watching your favourite TV programme. Halfway through, the programme stops and then you're interrupted with something about washing up liquid or nappies or whatever. So it's interruption-based, which can be a slight annoyance to us. You might argue, that's okay, we've become accustomed to it. At a certain extent, we have. But what about that telephone call that you get? Or the stuff through your door? Most of it, although you're accustomed to getting this kind of thing, most of it is still either an annoyance or something that you just tend to bin or avoid and not take any serious attention to. Why do you do that? The information you're getting is very often not relevant to you if you haven't got a baby at the moment why the hell do you want to hear about nappies if you're a guy why would you want to buy feminine hygiene products the point is that a lot of the information you get is not targeting it's not relevant to you the other reason why traditional marketing activities or interruption marketing as Seth Godin calls it the other reason why it doesn't work so well is that people are more distrustful of marketing these days and I think that's very much about the fact that there is so many marketing messages out there now. Everywhere. I mean, you even see a lot more product placement in TV now, which was like a bad thing before. So we've learned to become distrustful of marketing messages. We've learned to look for the catch. For those reasons, if you want to go down the interruption marketing route, it's a lot harder now. You have to be more skilled than ever and you have to overcome their barriers. For example, sending cold emails. Just about everybody these days has an email filter, and those filters are very good at picking up spam, cold emails, and they filter those out and delete them so that often the reader never even sees it. So even technology is working to make it harder for marketers like you to get through to your customers. We need a different way. Traditional marketing or interruption marketing is marketer-centric. It's all about the marketer and the message that they want to provide. Whereas inbound marketing is customer-centric. Rather than focus on the product or the service we want to sell, what we do is to provide useful information that will help people who are looking online for an answer to a problem. And then we use that information as a way of connecting, of building a relationship, starting a conversation. So it often involves creating videos or blog posts, articles, things like that that people want to see. Instead of cold calling, you're creating useful content that people want and will contact you when they want more. As Godin puts it, powerful advertising is anticipated, it's personal and it's relevant. That's just not something you can achieve by just going down the yellow pages or something and sending out a blanket email. What we do know is that people are searching online for an answer to their problems. They're looking to find information. And if you can provide the information that they want that will help them with their problem or their desire, then you stand a chance of getting their ear and using that to start a longer, more in-depth conversation about how you can help them. You might be thinking, that's all very well, but do I really have the time to start blogging or creating videos and things like this? I've got to be making money. Time's short. Who the heck, after all, isn't time poor? The thing that we need to remember is that people buy in a different way these days. Think about the last time you made a purchase, something you don't normally buy. What did you do to find that product? Did you wait for someone to call you on the phone or knock on your door? Or did you hop online and do some research of your own? If we could tap into the typical behaviors of our ideal customers, then we can use that to get some airtime with them. So how does it work? Well, HubSpot have done a really great infographic that explains it really, really concisely, far better than I could have done by myself. Well, what they do is they break it down into four stages. I'll put the link to the infographic on my show notes page, you can go and see that. But basically what they do is they outline four stages, attract, convert, Close and Delight. Let's take a look at those in turn so that you can see what the flow of information is and some of the tools that you'll be using along the way during your inbound marketing campaigns. The first stage is to attract strangers so they become visitors to your website. How do you do that? Well, that's where your handy blog post or your video or whatever that it is that you're offering. That useful information, that's your hook to get them onto your website. Your typical tool there is your blog, but the blog alone is not enough. You know what the expression is. If you build it, they will come. Well, they won't, will they? Just having written a blog post or putting a video out there doesn't mean to say that anybody's gonna look at it, or gonna come. They've gotta find it first. So you've got to find a way of doing that. And that means using keywords in your blog post so that search engines can find that and taking advantage of other search engine optimization techniques so that people can find your blog post on the internet, and also you'll probably take advantage of social media like Facebook or Twitter or whatever. So that's the first stage. We're attracting strangers to our website with our blog or content, and what we're focusing on there is not just the content creation, but also sharing that content and allowing people to find our content. So that's stage one, attract. Stage two is convert, and that's converting visitors on our website into leads. What do I mean by leads? I mean people who are genuinely interested in the information that we provide, and therefore they will probably be suitable customers and clients for us. They're not customers and clients yet, but if we play our cards right, they might be. So your object here is to convert those visitors into leads. And typically you'll be using landing pages, forms, calls to actions like you know, buttons and different things to get people to opt in to find out more about what you do. Speaking of opt-in, really important for us to understand that people's contact information is currency when it comes down to inbound marketing. And nobody's gonna be giving you their contact information just so that they could be on another mailing list. You've gotta make it worth their while. Already you've provided something useful on your blog, but they want more information. And this is where you offer something else, some freebie, some giveaway, or ethical bribe, as I like to call it, where you say, I've got these five steps to solving your problem. And if you agree for us to be able to contact you from time to time, I'll send you this ebook or this white paper or whatever. So what you're doing essentially is making it worthwhile people giving up their contact information and agreeing to be contacted from time to time about what you do and things that may be relevant to them and their situation key here again is being relevant. If we start providing information on a completely different topic or subject, that's no longer going to be a great fit and that's not going to help your course. Seth Godin calls this permission marketing because what it's about as you go from step to step is that you're looking to find out more information and to gain permission to continue to develop that relationship. Would it be okay if I contacted you and in return I'll do this for you? Something to be aware of is that when you do that, when you gain someone's permission to take a relationship further, whether that is to connect with on Facebook or for you to send some information to them, what you're doing is getting them to make a micro-commitment. If I do this, you do that. That is a commitment, a verbal contract, so to speak. Every time someone makes a micro-commitment with you, what you're doing is building more and more trust with them. We know that trust is a founding element of all sales. You will hardly ever get a sale when there's not sufficient trust. So micro-commitments are important. Contact information and finding out about your target markets and their preferences and their wants and their desires, that is wildly useful information to you so that you can provide relevant information and marketing messages to your audience. This is how inbound marketing works. That stage two. You take your website visitors, incentivize them to give you their contact information and in return, you give them their free download, ethical bribe or whatever you want to call it. And that turns your website visitors into leads. The next stage is to close them. And I mean, close the sale. Now, some people, and probably a very tiny percentage, maybe about 3% of people, as soon as they've opted in and they've shown an interest, They might well be ready to make a purchase with you, in which case you clearly signpost them to whatever product or service is relevant to them, given what they're already interested in. But that is probably a very tiny percentage, maybe about 3%. So it's important that we do signpost people to the right product or service. And everybody else, rather than just give up on them because they didn't convert, we need a way of following up. That's where tools like email, CRMs and workflows become really really important. What we do is we keep nurturing those contacts until they are ready to buy because people never buy on our timescales, they buy on theirs. And you don't always have to be the best at what you do, you simply have to be top of mind when somebody is looking to solve a problem or to fulfill some kind of desire. If you're top of mind They'll think of you and hopefully give you a call or check you out online. And that is all about the close. At this stage, you've got your customer. Well done. You could stop there, of course. But rather than just go out and try and find more and more customers, which, of course, you're going to need to do anyway, wouldn't it be better to get those customers that you do have to either buy more from you, spend more money, buy more often, or even become promoters, so that they advocate for you and what you do and you get referrals that way. This is what stage four is about, delight. There are four letters I love to live by, and it's something I took from Robin Sharma, one of my heroes. It's A-D-O-V, always deliver outrageous value. If you give enough value and you can clearly sidepost people to other things that may be of interest to in them and leverage things like surveys and smart content and social monitoring you can either get people to buy a game from you which is a lot lot easier than buying in the first place or turn them into promoters and we all dream of that don't we we dream of a business based on referrals And the amount of companies that I speak to and say well you know we only work on referrals I actually think that's wishful thinking at some point they've had to go out there and tell people about their services And if they truly are relying just on referrals from other people, then they're definitely leaving a whole bunch of money on the table. They really are. For most businesses, 80% of your customers will be new customers. So you still have to work that. But those extra 20%, you want to turn those into advocates and fans of what you do so they are promoters for you. And that's the inbound methodology. You attract strangers to your website so they become visitors. You convert those visitors into leads. You then close the sale with those leads so they become customers. Then you turn customers into promoters or advocates for what you do. You do that simply by delighting them and using a few smart systems. As you might imagine, all of this does take a bit of time. And inbound marketing is not a silver bullet. You're not going to be able to put one blog post out there or certainly not very likely to put one blog post out there and then you get inundated with a load of clients. That's not going to happen. You have to put the right content out there, get it in front of the right people, and then you have to put all the other systems and the structures and the follow-up systems in place so that you can lead people through to a sale. That takes some time and effort. And even when you've got those systems in place, it's not instant. What you've got is a slow burn marketing activity. If you want instant results, try Facebook ads or advertising in a newspaper or something like that. Try some of your traditional outbound marketing activities. In fact, I encourage you to do that. I actually believe you need a combination of both inbound and outbound marketing practices. But unlike a a Facebook ad that goes out and when it's done, it's done, you might get some clients there. But if you want it to continue working, you have to keep putting up more and more money and keep running the ads. Inbound marketing is the opposite. You do it once, and if you create evergreen content, content that's gonna be relevant tomorrow or next week, next year, whatever, if you make it evergreen, it will continue to work for you. Let me give you an example. A couple of days ago, I got a comment on a blog post that I wrote in January 2015. So more than two years later, somebody found a blog post and a video that I had on my website they left me a comment saying how useful it was to them. And this, of course, is the beginning of a conversation. They've seen some relevant information that's been helpful to them. This is where I've got the opportunity to start a conversation and hopefully lead them to working with me if we're a good match. I didn't have to pay to get this in front of them. In fact, the blog post I've got at the moment that's get visited most is something that I wrote about four or five years ago. Thousands of visitors every day it took me probably half an hour to create, and that's driving traffic to my website. Who wouldn't want that? So inbound marketing is not your silver bullet. It is a slow burn activity, but if you do it right, it will continue to work for you. Now, if you want inbound marketing to work for you, there's a few things that you've got to get good at. One is using buyer personas, because you don't just want any traffic, you want the right traffic. Buyer personas, are your semi-fictional representations of your ideal clients. It's based on real data and some educated speculation around what your customers' demographics are, their behavior patterns, their motivations, and their goals. I'm going to do an episode in the future around creating your customer buying persona. So I'm not going to delve too much into that now. But you really want to think about who it is that you're trying to attract. When you market to everyone, you market to no one. By focusing on the people who are most likely to buy and the people you'd most like to work with, then you can tailor your content and your marketing messages so that it really appeals to them and you stand a much better chance at getting through. So one of the things you need to do is to get really clear buying personas and it's a stage where I think a lot of people skip over, particularly the new smaller businesses. A lot of people have heard the importance of doing that but they've just never done it. If you've not done it now, take the time to do it. Something else that you're going to want to get right is to not just create any content. You want to create remarkable content. Inbound marketing works so well, everybody is jumping on the bandwagon. I remember when LinkedIn added the feature where you could put up an article on LinkedIn. At that time, nobody really was doing it, so it was really easy to stand out by posting an article on LinkedIn. These days everybody's posting articles on LinkedIn, on their blogs, everywhere else. So how do you get seen? How do you get people to pay attention? Will you just do it better than everybody else. Because most of the stuff out there is pretty mundane. An old client of mine, I remember he was hiring a copywriter to write his blog every week. It was great that there was some content going out there. There was a reason to uh, share information on social media. Something perhaps to keep him top of mind, but the trouble was, the content that was going out was so ordinary, it just didn't provide any real value. What he was getting was high bounce rates, where people were coming to his site and then clicking straight off without looking elsewhere on his website, and he wasn't getting any engagement on the content that he was putting out there. By starting to look at the type of content he put out there, and raising the quality, he then started getting some engagement. So you need to ask yourself, when you write a blog post or put out a video, is this something that's genuinely going to be of value? If you were to stumble across it on a website, back before you became the expert at what you do, would you have found it useful or would you have been impressed by it? Now, if this puts you off at this stage and thinking, do you know what, I'm not sure that I could do that. What I would say to you is that everything gets better with practice. So what you need to do is just to get in a habit of creating content, blogging, creating videos, creating workbooks and ebooks and white papers and different things that you can do for content marketing. Get in the habit of doing it on a regular basis. Some content is better than no content and it's where you start with your inbound marketing. What it will do as well is it will give you a reason. Every time you put out a blog post, it will give you a reason to share something online or via email list. And then every time you create something new, just look to plus one it. Look at what you can do to make that blog post extra special. If you're new to inbound marketing, if you've never done this before, what I would say is get clear about who your target market is. Start working on your ideal buyer persona. Then when you really know who your best place to work with and what it is that they want, what they care about, that will tell you what kind of information that you should be providing. It'll give you a hint as well as to whether it should be a blog post or a podcast like this or a YouTube channel. Your customers, and of course, what you are like as a person, will help dictate the type of content that you create. And then you just want to start. Get yourself blogging, write some articles and put it out there. Remember that the content itself is not enough. You've got to share it. So learn some basic SEO techniques. If you're a WordPress, Download the plugin called Yoast. You can use that to do a lot of the SEO on that blog post and it will help it get found. And then once you've picked up a little bit of confidence with that, your next step is to look at some kind of opt-in and to build a mailing list so that you continue to take people down their buyer's journey. We'll take a deeper look at this in future episodes. But right now it's time to start reviewing what your inbound marketing strategy is. What are you going to do? And if you're already using inbound and you're not happy with the results that you're getting right now, here are some questions to think about that will hopefully point you in the right direction. So question number one, do you have a clear hook? So if I was to say to you, what is your blog about, would you be able to explain that really clearly and succinctly? You want to imagine your blog or your YouTube channel or your podcast a little bit like a magazine at a agent. There's magazines on weddings, computers, gaming, horse riding, all kinds of things. And there's lots of different articles in each of those magazines, but they all have a running theme. You wouldn't pick up a horse riding magazine to read about computers, would you? So a very common mistake is to find that there's no real clear theme running through your blog post. Now question two is, is how clear are you about your target market? Are you just blogging away and hoping to attract anybody? I get that you want to cast your net quite wide, but if you haven't got a clear idea about who your target market is, if you haven't done your buying persona, it's time to do that. Next question. Are you creating the right impression? This comes back to creating remarkable content. Does your blog post look professional? Are there spelling mistakes? Is it nicely formatted? Are there appropriate and relevant graphics to support it? And in your message, are you giving people the right impression about you and what you stand for? Question four, how consistent are you with creating content? Are you blogging once a week, once a day, once a fortnight? Or is it just when you feel like it? Or do you do like a run of things and then stop for a while? And I've been guilty of this. You stop for a while, don't do anything and then go back to it. That kind of inconsistent posting is not very helpful. You can't create a fan base around that. Question five, are you getting your content out there? Remember, if you build it, it doesn't guarantee that they'll come. So you need to be focusing on SEO and delivering social platforms to drive traffic to your articles and content. Question six, how much value are you providing? Again, thinking about remarkable content. Your posts, your articles or videos may now look professional, but is there a takeaway for your readers? And how big is the value? You need to be able to objectively look at the content you're putting out there and put your hand on your heart and say, do you know what? This is really good stuff. If I found content this good on something that I'm interested in learning about, I would be really impressed. Question seven. Are you leading your readers to the next step? This is a really common thing. Usually what happens is that people are blogging, putting content out there, the end of the article, nothing. They don't even invite the readers to make a comment. What is the point of putting content out there if you don't create a conversation? So you can invite your readers to leave a comment. You can suggest other relevant articles. You can offer a download or a freebie so that you take people onto the next step, which will turn those visitors into leads. That's what we want, right? So are you leading them onto the next step with you? And if you are giving away a free download, Once they've got that download, are you following up from them there? Do you have an email sequence? Is there an online discussion group or something you can lead people to? Is there some way that you can continue that conversation? So you have to lead them to the next step. And then question eight is, are you following up? So once you've led them to the next step, again, do you just leave it? Or do you keep going back to them? That's why people are using newsletters and online groups. It's a way that you can remain top of mind. Remember, you don't necessarily have to be the best at what you do. Yeah, that helps. But most important is to remain top of mind. If you tried all that, and you can honestly say you got all of that sorted, the next thing you might want to try is remarketing. So have you tried that? So this is where you can take advantage of Google AdWords and Facebook ads, Bing, other social platforms. Well, what you do is you place a piece of code on your blog post, and that places a cookie or like a little marker on all of your readers' computers. With that in place, you're able to then target those people who've been on your website, who've been to your blog, you're able to target them with relevant ads. More on that in another episode, but definitely try remarketing, or sometimes called retargeting. And question 10. If all of that fails, have you got some unbiased feedback? Maybe that's what you need right now not from your friends or your family, because they love you and they'll probably just want to tell you what you want to hear. Find someone who will tell you as it is, not necessarily unkindly, but certainly truthfully. Inbound marketing is the modern way to get leads and sales in your business. If you want to see some excellent inbound marketing examples, take a look at Kissmetrics, HubSpot, and CopyBlogger. If you want to look at podcasts as a way of inbound marketing, obviously you can see what I'm doing, but also head online to iTunes and take a look at the various different people there who are podcasting all the time. Social Triggers Insider with Derek Halpern is one that I would definitely recommend that you check out. Now, because this is such an important topic, I'm going to dig more into this in future episodes. But right now, that's all we've got time for. So take some time over the next 24 hours Sit down and work out what your inbound marketing strategy is. Next week, we're going to be talking about something related. We're going to be talking social media. And I've got someone really, really special for you to meet. So this is my second guest on the Get Real About Business podcast. I'm not going to tell you who it is right now, but you'll find out the next episode. What I can tell you is that she is absolutely crushing it with Instagram right now. So that's what we're going to be looking at next week, is how you can use Instagram for your business. Let me just remind you about today's cheat sheet, which is your inbound marketing blueprint. I've put all your essentials and your how-tos from today's episode in there, plus I've put in some fill-in-the-blank exercises so that you can get going and start creating your very own inbound marketing blueprint. To get that and to get the links to anything I've mentioned in today's episode, you can go to my show notes page, getrealaboutbusiness.com forward slash 12. Head on over there, you can get those links and download the cheat sheet. I'll be back next week with that special Instagram guest expert for you. Until then, I've been Clive Maloney. Here's to you and your highly successful business.